0: What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to The Booch Cast. This week, we have a very special treat for you guys here on the show, as we're going to be taking a look back at a classic interview that I did right around uh, September of 2019. And it was an interview that I did where I teamed up with a good friend of mine, wrestling legend Buff the Stuff Bagwell, and we talked to WWE Hall of Famer Road Warrior Animal. That's right. Now, for those of you who may not know, uh, during this time in 2019, I had another podcast show that I did entitled The Buff and Booch Cast, where I teamed up with wrestling legend Buff Bagwell and we did a podcast together. We talked about things going on in modern wrestling. Uh, We've interviewed uh, big name guests in the world of wrestling, and just, you know, talked about as many stories as we possibly could. Buff told some stories from back in the day. I would tell a few stories from back in the day. And we had a really great chemistry working together. And we did this show for a few months, and then eventually um, we had to stop the show because it was interfering with uh, Buff's uh, schedule, you know, he, uh, as an indie wrestler, he was getting booked uh, every single week. Um, he was also doing, uh, you know, cameos and appearances and stuff. He had a lot of um, important things going on at, that he was trying to schedule. And for whatever reason, we just could not do the show anymore. So, after a while that show stopped, but Buff and I are still friends to this day and we still talk uh from time to time and of course we work together on uh any wrestling shows that we both might be involved in, usually for uh UCW. And around this time, Buff was a guest on Road Warrior Animals podcast, while they were doing an indie show together, at, I believe it was in uh, Indiana, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was where it was. I could be wrong. But due to the success that Buff got on um, while being on Road Warrior Animals podcast, we thought we could. We thought we would return the favor and have Road Warrior Animal on our show. And Animal agreed, and we had him on, and we had a great, great conversation. And I considered it an honor and a privilege. To be able to talk to Road Warrior Animal. We talked about uh, him getting his start in the business. Forming the Road Warrior Tag Team with Hawk. How they got together. Uh, We talked about modern tag team wrestling. You know get his thoughts since him and uh, Hawk were considered uh, the greatest tag team of all time. Uh, We talked about some road stories that he had. And also we had an awkward physical that him and Buff had to take at that indie show that I was talking about. They had to take take this like physical and stuff due to licensing and... And, you know, legal stuff going on with uh, sanctioned sports in states. Uh, So, Animal was a pleasure to talk to. And I highly recommend, if you are a fan of the Road Warriors, and if you're someone who is breaking into the business. Or if you're still um, in your beginning years here in the wrestling business. I highly recommend listening to this episode. Because not only is Animal telling some great stories, but he drops a lot of knowledge That I feel like a lot of um, wrestling fans and wrestlers in the business today need to know and need to learn. So sit back and enjoy as the Booch teams up with Buff the Stuff Bagwell to take on WWE Hall of Famer Road Warrior Animal. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, joining us this week here on the Buff and Boots cast. He is a WWE Hall of Famer. You know him from the NWA, the AWA, WCW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and of course the WWE as well. He is one half of one of the greatest, if not the greatest, tag team of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to welcome to the show the one, the only, Road Warrior Animal is here. I love you. <laughs> God, that was a
1: wonderful applause. That was a that was that, that brought the house down, brother. I love it. Thank you so much, Joe, for taking time out, man, and just being with us, bro. I really, um, you got to realize, you, you know, you're 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 who I watched on TV, man, and 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 worship, bro. We watched you and said that's what we want to look like, and we want to beat everybody up like them, and. You know, when you heard y'all's music come on, like I told you the other day, it's like you knew somebody was going to get their fucking brains beat out. And and, <laughs> yeah. and that was you beautiful.
2: Know, was right time, right place. And, you know, Hawk and I were giving the ball. We were just talented enough, I guess,
1: to carry the ball a little bit, you know. Oh, by far, Uh, the the word's not talented, to be as big as y'all were and to move as good as y'all moved at the same time y'all were kicking their ass, y'all just wasn't a Two big guys out there bouncing around. You guys knew what you were doing. It looked great. The moves looked great—flying tackles—and you know. So it was two athletes. And as we know, you come from a whole class of athletes. Your son was in the NFL for several years, ten or plus, I think, and uh, still may be. Is is your son still in the NFL, Jeff? No, man. uh, You know, he retired now after eight years. Cool thing is that the owner of the Rams
2: gig him this year. They're supposed to retire his number because he broke the Rams all the record. Oh, wow. I, I knew. That
1: I remember you talking to yeah, get going. Yeah, man. He's
2: he, he, he an announcer on the Big Ten Network now. He's wow. He's got a Big Ten Network gig, and he does uh, the NFL games on Fox, and, you know, he does the Big Ten Wrap-Up at the end of the week of all the Big Ten games.
1: So. That's fantastic. He made, he made a great name for himself, man. You know, and and, and I remember when he was growing up, you saying, he could have gone pro either hockey or, you know, football, you know, because he was such a stallion.
2: Yeah, you know, out of high school, he got drafted by the Pittsburgh Penguins, and, you know, and his love, you know, growing up in Minnesota, man, not really known for football players, but everybody, they like, you're three years old, four years old, and you're born with a hockey stick, is one of your appendages, you know. Right. And uh, you, you throw him out on the ice, three years old, and you never know what could happen, but, you know, but he loved football. I mean, football was in his blood, he... He was a banger, even on hockey. Man, he was both guys at defense back there. And when he would come down, he would just—I'd call—I used to call D. football" when he was Right, the fly in the air. He did it for art. Oh, that dude! And he loved football. And he's a very cerebral kid. You know what I mean? He's a thinker. He's listen. Let's be honest. He's a white guy. He's not gonna run a four-four, but he'll tell you, hey. I'll think like a 4-4, and I'll be there.
1: Yeah, and I'll still be there and and make the tackle.
2: And make the tackle, yeah. Yeah, he was a good sideline-to-sideline player, man. He can go across the field like crazy. He had good perception of where the ball was going, and uh, I think someday he's going to be a really good coach. In the
1: uh, in college football, you know, I think without a shadow of a doubt, I mean, anybody that's put that kind of time in that business and you know the business we've been in, and it's a very tough business, and then you multiply that to something like the NFL, bro, I and mean, that's a whole another galaxy, and you know it, Joe. Yeah, and, and you know, so you that's know, just bravo to him.
2: You're hoping they're gonna grow up to be a good that you've done your job as a parent, they're gonna be a good pillar in society, you know what I mean? Right. You don't ever think growing up, oh, oh the kid's gonna be an NFL kid who's gonna be a national hockey player or whatever. Right. But anybody else anybody else is a plus, you know. Sure. I mean? And uh it just so happened that he was blessed, uh I guess I guess with genetics were okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know where his genetics came from. I got no idea. <laughs>
2: But, you know, it, it kind of runs in our family. My dad got drafted by two or three pro baseball teams. You know, my brother John, he was a great wrestler. My brother Mark was, you know, WWE tag team champion at one time. He and, you know, Al Green and Ray security they were called the uh They were called the wrecking team, one of those two, you know. But, I mean, <clears throat> you know, and James was going to do something, man. And, and the funny thing is, uh, every time that WWE or the NWA would have a pay-per-view, he was like a little kid. He would be in the ring early. Running and
1: hitting the ropes. Wow. Could you tell I even back then, could you tell back then I the way he hit the ropes that. that he, he was going to be good? And, yeah, my daughter was years you younger.
2: You know, she was pig tail And he goes, hey, Daddy, look. And he's, and he's
1: hitting the ropes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But when you saw him hit the ropes, just, I mean, just like. You know, just like any wrestler, this done this more than ten or twelve years. I could tell a guy to get in the ring, just like you couldn't say run the ropes and tell the guy to pack his bags and go home and forget it, or you may have got a chance. Just running the ropes. Did he have that look about him when he ran him? Oh yeah, man. You could just experience tell experience he knew what he was doing and he was going to be a star. Man, use those ropes to
2: your advantage. So many guys get the ropes and you can't even break an egg if there's an egg between them and the ropes, right? But I, I told him that, you got know, remember watching Hawk and I hit the ropes? We were trying to break the rope. Yeah. I mean, we would hit him so hard. If we didn't move the ring a couple inches, we weren't doing our job. No. And that's what I taught him, you yeah. know. And, uh, you know, but you could tell him, listen, when an athlete gets in the ring, man, no matter if you has got football, hockey, basketball, wrestling, baseball, you can tell the natural fluidity, you know. And, uh, I mean, you and I know that. Literally, we work main event. A lot of the listeners out there, you know, may not understand that fluidity but you know, it's got to be a natural thing. You've got to be able to go naturally, and it's got to be second nature to you.
1: Without a doubt, without a doubt, and that goes for all sports, bro. And that's why he was able. Uh, he just happened to be an athlete that could do it all.
2: Well, my, my best athlete in the family, I think, probably is my daughter.
1: You're kidding me? No, man, so she's a stallion too. Man, she
2: was a high school American softball player. Wow. And, uh, she got drafted by two or three Division I teams for hockey. She skated with the Minnesota Whitecaps, which is the U.S. Women's Olympic hockey team in the offseason. <coughs> and, uh, man, she, all, the girls, the Lambros sisters, that scored all the goals in the last Olympic, uh, my daughter played against those girls in high school. And she shut those girls down in high school. And those girls, the Lambros, owned the ice for the last Olympic. So you can just imagine if they're doing it at that high level, no doubt in my mind my daughter can be skating.
1: God, that'd be great. Wouldn't it do to have them, to be a father and have that, that'd be a, a very proud father. But that leads me to my next question that I've always, I've heard several stories and you've told me a little bit and everybody's told me a little bit from Kurt to, to even your ex-partner, you know, God rest his soul, Mike, and and, uh, and just, just you know, just several stories. but. Out of your own mouth, I, and and I want you to have a little fun with this because I think this is great memories, and I, and I was trying to think of something cool to ask you that would be fun for you to answer. I want you to explain to the people a little bit about the high schools you were in and who your <laughs> who your rival high schools were and the kind of talent that was up in your area.
2: Well, you know, there, there was a high school, Robertsdale High School, right? And there's Robbinsdale High School, then Robbinsdale Henry, Patrick Henry High School. And they both are in the same city. Well, out of that Robbinsdale High School, you had John Norton Berserker, you had Marshall Demolition Barry Darston, you had Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning, you had Ravishing Rick Rude, you had Nikita Kolob, and Hawke, and then Scott Norton and the NWO, they all came out of that same five mile area, right? And then myself, I was about 10 miles out from those guys in this area, uh, I was at Irondale High School. I met those guys, we all trained at the same gym in uh, St. Louis Park, Minnesota. And, you know, very rare you find a bunch of guys that are just a bunch of muscleheads, that are just a bunch of athletes. Like, all the guys around the high school, if they all could have played football together and worked as a team, they would have smoked anybody in the nation in football. But they all fought each other. They were getting fighting each other, they and get bombed and, you know, all... They all had beards, you know, and they're all fine. I'm trying to hide over in the corner because I ain't ain't got no armpit hair. I actually met the guy at a Minnesota Chick special soccer game. Of course, I never went in and watched one game. We sat in the parking lot, and I had a little mini hibachi grill, and I had a couple steaks, and they were laughing at me because I was cooking steaks on like a typical muscle head. I forgot my utensils, my my flicks, my fork.
1: (laughs) Hey, you got two hands, baby.
2: I'm doing it with my bare hands, absolutely. And they, well, yeah, they come over to me. You know, uh, Nikita, uh, you know, Nikita's real name was Scott Simpson back then, but you know, Nikita would come up to me and, and say, Hey, what do you got there? And so I got this cake. i was over that I just grabbed off the grill, ripped it, in half, and gave them teeth, And he had, he was carrying around a case of beer in a, in a cooler. <laughs> you, know? and so, and,
1: you had the food, the he had the alcohol.
2: Oh, yeah, man. But that's how we met i mean exactly like two three years younger than most of the guys so they said man how old are you like "Dang, man you're two years younger." yeah you bro guys. and
1: three three years, yeah, I mean, I mean, huh? three years back then's a lot bro. huh three years
2: back then's a lot bro oh bro yeah that's See, huge I was with high like school a that's kid, big mature kid i'm really i was the only kid in my high school me and one other guy two guys in our high school that actually lifted weights and were you know i do uh, High school state powerlifting meets and all that stuff. So I've kind of known a little bit around the city because I can throw off some weight. I mean, you know, you got to figure back, you're talking 1978 now. You know, someone that can clean and they're cleaning 300 pounds was a lot of weight back then.
1: Hell yes. You know,
2: you know so, and uh, I compare that to my brother Mark, who's five years younger than me, who was doing 350. You
1: know, oh, my you know, God.
2: Then, you know, five years younger. But, but then again, he had me... Teach them how to work out from ninth grade on. I had nobody to teach me how to work out. Sure, we were trying to figure it out. There wasn't no
1: computers.
2: If my, <laughs> yeah, if my mom didn't buy me the book from Arnold Schwarzenegger, The Educational a Bodybuilder, I would have never known how to work out.
1: I swear to God on my life, what I would do, Joe, is when I walked into a gym from the age of 16 on, I would find any guy that looked good, and I'd walk straight up to him and say, why did you just do that exercise, and, and how many reps did you do it, and why did you do it, and what do you eat? Every guy I saw that looked good, I'd ask questions, because there wasn't computers. There was no way to learn. So you had to learn it on your own, yeah. you know? It was tough to learn. No, that. It's
2: no, it's no accident how those guys get to look that way and get to be that size.
1: Absolutely, they know something we don't. And I went up and
2: there was a guy up the gym. His name was uh, Scott Doring. And this guy, he, he was one of those guys that competed in the America and the Olympia or in, the, in, in Mr. Universe and all that. And but the way he trained, he trained like a paralympic. But he was just massive. So I watched him. I would watch and write down everything that he did, and I would copy his workout. Really? Yeah. And, and, you know, and I learned at an early age that, you know, the low reps, if you wanted to get fitness, you had to get the low reps, but you just couldn't train your your major muscle groups in the low reps. You had to train your assistance exercise. Like it was sometimes a lot of people get, they say, well, don't the bench go up. Well, I said, well, if you're doing threes and fives on benches, you got to do three or fives on nose breakers for triceps too. That's right. That's right. And all those tie in the same way, right? Yes. And so I learned that real early. That, that's what was the key to growing. And I grew I, I, real quick, man. I went from about 195 pounds a year in high school. Two and a half years later, I was raised almost 230 pounds.
1: Wow. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah, and then by the
2: time I was at the end of 19 years old, I was just 275. Wow. <laughs> oh, God dang well, I ate like a horse, though, man. That was in the, the age of the beef. Remember the beef liver tablets?
1: Oh, yes. Absolutely. We we Those were golden. We, count them. we would see how many we could spit Oh, i swallow a handful at a time. I'd swallow That's a handful at a stuff time, stuff Joe.
2: Them in our mouth and just swallow
1: them. Yes. You know,
2: and then, at the end of the day, boy, and that didn't give you the shits for the farts. I don't know what to the-
1: Brother, and it did. It packed it on, and it, and it really did. I mean, I, my father used to wake me up to do peanut butter and jelly, and peanut butter, peanut butter, honey, and banana sandwiches at like three in the morning. Well, that that kind of went south when I then it was time to wake up to go to school and I was too tired to wake up and go to school. So it was just, I was a thin kid and just kept working and working and working at it till finally I was able to build. The good news of being thin and putting muscle mass on it is you ain't got to worry about what you eat. You just eat whatever you want and you just put the weight on, you know, and get it and it grows and builds in the places you want it to. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I I have little intricate training things that I would do though. I mean, I would I would bring in a big, huge grapefruit and an orange, and in between my body parts, I would eat that fruit.
1: Did you really?
2: I would eat that fruit and wait about 10 minutes. It'd go my second body part, and the, the good sugars from that fruit would be kicking in your system, and bam, you'd get a boost of energy and a pump. And it was just, you know, but I did that all the time. And,
1: did, and give you a little bit of a revive, a little a little rest, and it also give you a little nutrients for you to hit that second body part.
2: Oh, heck you yeah, know, man. Everybody said, "Well, God, all that, all your blood in your stomach." I said, "Nah, it's no. not, man. It's working. It's working for me." This ain't a
1: steak or a chicken breast. This is fruit. It Ain't gonna take up too much blood in your stomach. So that's crazy.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It burns real quick, you
1: know. Well, Boots has yeah, got a yeah, butch yeah, got a question yeah, for you yeah, too. Yeah, he want. I,
2: I, I say, I I tell you a little funny story buff you probably heard about this. Everybody always asked me, "Hey, well, you guys were on the fabulous ones in the AWA, why did you change the finish?" And you know we're, we we had the belts and and uh, it's not that we didn't want to drop the belts we dropped the belts a million times we didn't care we, we were lucky enough to be one of those entities that were over we didn't need the belt.
1: you didn't That's need the them you actually you probably we rather not have, have them
2: like twenty two different championships you know for different companies
1: sure we didn't need the titles no you didn't, we didn't need
2: come them. in and fall money without the titles right so. Greg Gandhi gives him his the finish in the HWA against the Fab, you know, Stan Lane and Steve Kern, that they're going to do the switch-around finish, you know, where the you're beating up the one Fab and the healthy one takes him up outside the ring and pulls out the dead one, goes in his face, from the earth and rolls you up quick. And I told Greg Gandhi and I told Paul Ellery, I said, Paul, we're supposed to be street players. We never take our eye off our opponent. Why would we take our eye off our opponent and get rolled up?
1: Yeah, and, said, and, and, and you're going to roll up a 320-pound guy. No, 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 you're doing it this way.
2: And Paul Ellery sat about it and thought about it, and I could see Paul's mind going when Paul starts sitting there in that Wall Street Journal and tapping the palm of his hand, you know. <laughs> Paul really blessed, he goes, I know Steve Kern really well.
1: Oh, boy, Steve so Miller, well.
2: That finish is not good for you guys. So right. I said, what do we do? He goes, you grab Kern, and you slam him like five times. He'll say, F this, and go out and get a chair and come in and start swinging like crazy. So here we go. Here we go, we go on the ring, after the music play, we're supposed to be heels, we're getting a standing ovation in the heels, which is really kind of, kind of messed up because the Favs were maybe picked too, jungle. they got booed. Right, so, you're here. here's the heels,
1: you're I trying to the be the heels, team and team you're team getting a bigger pop.
2: And Hawk gets ready and he goes, hey, change the finish, and so no one gets hurt. They, The Fab, think he says, like Stan Lancey Kerr thinks he says, hey, listen to us, we're changing the finish. Otherwise, we're going to hurt you. And that's not what we said, That's
1: what Hawk said. Oh, say, my God. But they, that's what they him. thought you said. So let's just change the finish,
2: basically, right? I love so it. at you know, look in their, oh bro. the look in their eyes right away. was like, holy shit.
1: Now what do we do? we do? To throw
2: down here, right? Yeah, what do we do and now? Lane, you know, he's not a fighter. He was ready to jump over to the top rope. Oh, yeah. You know, so so Hawk grabs Kern. I grab Lane, and I press Lane. LA and Lane the slams turn about four or five times. Turns exactly what Elridge said. He said. Uh, That's it. When I'm got a chair, start bam, 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 double DQ. <laughs> I Got back to the locker room. Your know, says, What are you guys doing? All oh, this game's to finish in 30 years of be. And we basically just looked at it and we said, Well, this is the first time for everything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and there is. And, and I, there I, is.
2: I, I swear to God, my mother's great, man. That's what he said. That's what great.
1: That's great. You
2: know, I mean, oh, we didn't change it? He knew we did. Didn't
1: you? Of course. Of course, was it what what did he do about it? it? Dude, y'all were the Road Warriors, bro.
2: Y'all were the... Here's why we didn't do it that way. Because Jimmy Garvin and, and Steven Regal, you know the blonde haired Stephen Regal that was from Indiana? Yeah. I know. Regal was the name. Regal. Okay. They were putting us over all over the country, bumping around in buffaloons, the and then the fans come in and the must drop the belt to the fans right away. We didn't think that was right. So the very next show in Denver, Colorado, we laid down right in the middle of the ring for Jimmy Garvin. Wow. Well, that, just, that was just being business, man. That was sure. the right thing to do, and we did the right thing.
1: If it made sense, then uh, uh, that makes sense, you do it. Bro,
2: unlike, I hate to say it, unlike the business today, where I, I was watching the business today, right? And uh, I was watching Raw, and I was, I was about ready to pull my freaking hair out, because I cannot
0: watch three hours of that show. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> it just absolutely to suck.
1: Oh, yeah, I know. They
2: had elimination thing that went on for like 45 minutes, and then they said they, they, they like Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode go over. Listen, it's not that Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode aren't great workers. They are. But everybody in the world knows they're job guys who are just going to get smoked.
1: Yeah, I know. I know, dude, and they still they, they still push it. one
2: win here and there, and then they just use that to crush the guys. And it's, it's like it's the old adage, "Buffy's a million times." A guy who's a great worker doesn't get that specifications and that push that he
0: rightly deserves. You
1: know? Oh yeah. Well, Boots has got a question yeah, for you, like, Joe. Boots has got a good question for you.
0: Yeah. Well, I had I had one, but based on where this is going, I'm going to do a different one. Say the other one for later. Um. As I mentioned before in the intro, uh, you know the Road Warriors are considered by many to be the best tag team of all time. And since you're talking about wrestling today, I was curious in uh, in general, uh, outside of the the turmoil you saw on the tag team turmoil you saw on Raw, I was curious. What are your thoughts on tag team wrestling today? And are there any tag teams that you've seen? Today, that are either already great or have the potential to be great, and you can talk about either WWE or AEW, whichever one you want to pick. Like, is there any tag teams that stand out to you today that are either already great or like have the potential to be great, you know, down the road?
2: Well, here, here, I'm being very, very modest and honest here, right? I don't, I don't know if you're ever going to see another tag team that's going to be able to work main events and sell out a house like Hawk and I did. I mean, you basically could not have anybody else on the car and Hawk and I could be the main event with somebody and sell out. Okay? You're not going to see that. There's, but there's there's different, I always explain that, there's different levels of over in our business. Yes. There's the, you know, Bruno Tamartino, Hulk Hogan, you know. Uh, Andre the
1: Andre the Giant. There you go. Andre we said it at the same time, Andre and that's the Giant
2: rode. Yeah. Tape over. You know what I mean? Yes. And then there are your other overs, like your your Macho Man's and your Stings and your your Luger's and Buff and, and uh, you know what I mean. It's not putting anybody down. It's like A
1: B C, brother. It is. It's A B C, just like it's always been. A locker room. B locker room. Yeah, C yeah. same and, deal. And, and, same and deal. few
2: you a, die, you know. I mean, I, someone told me a stat the other day that. Uh, of uh, all the Hall of Fame, even though our Hall of Fame still work, but it is an acknowledgment of what you've done in this business, right? There's four Hall of Fame. There's the WWE, there's the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, there's the NWA Hall of Fame, and then there's the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. There's only four people in all four Hall of Fame. Right. And Hawk and I are two of them. I'm wow. The, you know, at, at, we are very fortunate because we had the opportunity to wrestle some real bad-ass tag teams. you know, like the funk and party race and Stan Hansen and you know Antonio Inoki and Jumbo cerule and Ricky Choshu and all these guys that were just monster over guys. I think what's separating it now is there's nobody really over. You may have one team like the bucks who are a great team, but who's really over for them to wrestle? And my
1: question is, who are they gonna pass the ball to? Huh. It, it,
2: it, exactly. I mean who, who because once once you get past I mean, hard, hate to say it, once you get past Kenya Omega and Cody Rose, It gets awful empty, and, bro. And maybe Chris Jericho and, and then John Motley, it,
1: it's <laughs> The roof falls out after those four guys. It gets dark <laughs> real quick. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and I'm not saying that was a bad thing. I'm saying that that's the wrestling business because here's with AEW. Although I wish AEW was a huge success, and I like the guys, and hell, I wouldn't even be mind being a part whether it was WWE or AEW be about know that helping out. I mean, I would love to help out the tag team division. But you know, right now <laughs> with both companies, you got to kind of let egos rest a little bit, and then they'll get get come to their senses and start hiring guys.
1: There you go. They'll they'll, they'll calm down. Yeah, yeah they'll, you're, you're
2: right. Get to the Super Bowl. If you've never been in. There you
1: go, exactly.
2: But, but, but it's a, I don't know, tag team-wise, if there's ever going to, if there's in the team out there right now. I mean, look, WWE. I mean, really, really,
1: I want you to really, really speak from your heart on this. And let's be honest, from your heart, I know it already, you know it already, but I really still want you to think and try to give me a name of somebody that's even in the same ballpark as the word the road warriors i mean it it's not out there brother it's yeah, not there
2: i am with you, nobody
1: it's not brother tell it like it is yeah. it's not out there
2: I- I say, I say that because I mean, listen, we're we've been made events of selling out the Tokyo Dome, the Stocking Dome, ninety thousand people Wembley Wembley Stadium, We're a semi main event. I mean, and I'm not and I and listen, it takes more than just a tag team or a heavyweight championship match to sell out an event. It's the whole culmination of a card and you're only as good as the guy you're in the ring with. And my point right there is being is that if the young bucks were over in Japan, they're gonna need to have equal good talent here tag teams in the U.S. for them to keep getting over. And there just aren't those teams.
1: They're not out there, I'm, I'm brother. I'm sorry, Mar- Marty
2: Scrawl and the other guy is that guy who dictates the Brody deal. It's it's not going to be the team that's going to get the Young Bucks over the top. No, it's not. There are no teams because they don't let any teams become great heel teams anymore. Even the WWE. Yes. They'll give them too, a little bit of steam and let them get a little bit of heat up, and then they'll beat them by the next pay-per-view. they say, oh, there goes that heat. They're out yep. the window.
1: There that's it good. is. That was right and out the window. A
2: story to be told, and that, that's the reason why you'll never see any great teams like that again because there isn't enough time to tell a story. Wrestling fans like to get invested. I still believe, even though there's a lot of hot shot going on in our business, they love to get invested in the product. If they can't get invested and get their money's worth out of a show, they get real pissed off. Why do you think when they did that Raw reunion show, the next Monday, the numbers dropped? Or during that show, the numbers dropped 800,000 viewers. Wow. Because it's the same shit every show. It's wow. The same guys they bring back for the reunion. They don't bring. I didn't see Fred Hart there. No. I didn't see Demolition there. Nope. I didn't see the Legion of Doom when I, didn't see, I didn't see me there. Oh. I Bruce and there. Okay. Yeah, and these We're guys are these are guys up. are
1: superstars, what? bro. These no, are superstars. I
2: mean, I mean and I'm not saying that in speech either, but I'm saying No, you're, you're, you're saying, saying it very humble.
0: And Brutus recently got inducted into the Hall of Fame, so why not why would you not bring him for the reunion? He, obviously he's still on good terms, they put him in. Well, bro, you don't want to because
2: here's the deal. Because the guys I mentioned aren't kiss asses. Sorry.
1: <laughs> but, but, hey, hey, no, don't say sorry. I'll be I'm not a Bingo. I'm
2: not a, Michaels, I'm not a yes guy. I'm not that kind of guy. I'm a businessman. I want to do what's right for the business. Yes. And and I've never been a yes guy. I've never refused anything. The people with Bern Guy was the only thing we've ever said no to ever in the business. But it's, a, it's about doing what's right for the business. Yes. That's that the problem. The guys I mentioned all stood their ground for what they believed in. And that's
1: why none of them got asked to go. No. I told you the other day a story where I, I was getting run over by a semi, and they had me at the desk on the very next segment. And even though I knew it was wrong, and I was helping the company not look stupid, and helping me not look stupid, it still, when I handed a piece of paper, it still was what's bagel-bitching about now. You know, it wasn't thank you, appreciate it, Let's fix this properly. And thank you, Mark. It was, what the fuck's he bitching about now, you know? You know, it just yeah, it yeah, was just, you know, I'm like, dude, I'm and, trying to and, help us.
2: And, and you know, it wasn't that we didn't get along good. I, mean, listen, I think sometimes I got put in the same category with Hawks. I'm going to be you honestly. Hawks had, like, we had probably six or eight suspensions went to treatment, like, four times. And I probably got put into that guilty category with him. Although, Marcus, you know me, man, I was never a, a, a coke guy or drug guy. Or, you know, no, I, never. You know what I mean?
1: No. It's not and your I, deal.
2: And I never showed up on TV drunk one time. You know? I, I wasn't going to a metal of Honor with that. So, so, you know, but I never did. But I think because of Hawk, you know, listen, I understand when a company puts in hundreds of thousands of dollars into you on TV, sometimes millions, and then marketing, and then you just say, ah, uh, F you, I'm going to go get hammered or get spun sure. or be up for three days. And that's kind of what Hawk was doing, right? Sure, absolutely. But, and, Hawk, and Hawk's view was, hey, I'm a man's man. I'll do what I want to do. I'm a grown man. You can't tell me what to do. Well, that I do my job and I go, well, what's the, what's the issue?
1: Well, the fan, the fan. Got,
2: I always got grouped into the negativity this shit you know
1: absolutely it's going to rub off on you a little bit because it's your partner and no matter how so it's like. remember when the re- all the wrestling started getting heat when kids were wrestling and they were getting hurt and of course what do they do they blame wrestling because well wrestling was hot right now so you know, you know so Eric sent me on like a worldwide tour because I broke my neck on TV and all that I was going to Tell everybody, you know, this is for professionals only and, and keep it, keep it to the professionals and kids don't be doing these moves to your little brother and all that. And about four days into it, I'm in London and Eric calls me and goes, you can go on home. And I said, Why? He goes, they just came out with a a game, a video game on TV that's, you know, got trash cans, barbed wire, bleeding. I mean, people cutting throats, you know, just just bloody coming off the rooftops. I mean, backyard, it was called Backyard Wrestling was the name of the DVD, you know, or CD or whatever the little video game was. And Eric was like, dude, it's out of our hands now and the heat's off of us. But my point was... It was still wrestling. It wasn't the WWF did this, this, and this, but the WCW is good. No, it was wrestling. So if we fucked up and did yeah. something bad, we all got blamed. If y'all fucked up and did something bad, we all got blamed. And you know that's just the nature of the beast, you know. But um, that—that's why I had to rub off on you a little bit, even though. Everybody knows uh, your story and knows that's in this business how your shit's always been put together, always on top notch, always. And first time I met you, I'll never forget, I sized you up real quick, and and you just had the perfect tennis shoes, perfect socks. I mean, here's, I'm thinking Road Warrior Animal's going to come out with some kind of damn, you know, crazy-ass... You come out with tennis shoe socks, but you know, pair of shorts, but just jacked. You look fantastic. You're dark. You're big, you know, and you were God in Japan, man. I mean, t- tell us a little bit about Japan for yourself, man.
2: Japan was awesome. We uh, first started off in all Japan, and you got to imagine, right? All night in time, we were going longer than maybe six minutes in our match. for the first year and a half, and right? We get to Japan, you do a like, two out of three falls with. Jumbo Saruda and Ricky Toshu, Thank you, champion.
1: Oh, my God.
2: Oh, brother. I've been
1: clotheslined by Toshu once.
2: And we're going, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> we're about ready to throw up. Yeah, you know, but we, 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 we traded falls, all. And the first fall, you know, we got DQs for laying them out outside the ring. You know, man, we have an had them about 40 minutes. And we never went over, like I said, six minutes before that. But we... We had such respect, Bobo had, we got along really good with Giant Bobo, and we actually talked him into, uh, when we, the very first, right at the very end, we won tag team, uh, the international tag team belt. To this day, well, we over there, a, the big trophy, the and
1: streamers, and all that stuff, right? I mean, those, they make it a big deal of yeah, it, yeah.
2: We, we were the only ones ever to take those international belts out of Japan. And we defended them against the NWA Tag Team Championships. And Giant Bobber says, you do not drop our belts. You come back to Japan. I said, don't worry. We're not going to drop them. So we came back. and started working a lot with Crockett. We actually won the NWA and the International belt. We had both belts same time.
1: Wow. Has that ever been done?
2: Yeah, we oh, bro, we got the international belts over because we, we, Hawk, and I would carry the international belt, and then Ellery would carry both the NWA belts on his shoulders. Yes. So we actually were we were kind of giving those international belts a good rub, you know what I mean? Yes. And um, and they got over to be wearing that one, That was the belt to win in Japan. And uh, the Japanese wrestling, bottom awesome. And I like it there because, I mean, in the beginning, it's a little spike. You have to... Fight for what you want. You gotta fight for your moves. You gotta be stiff. You gotta be snug. You gotta let them know that, hey man, the buck stops here, motherfucker. That's it. Yep. Ain't going nowhere else. You tape you up know? a little.
1: You tape up a little tighter in Japan, don't you?
2: Oh brother, I remember there was a guy called Suri who played on the Japanese uh, uh, Olympic basketball team, and uh, he was a really, really popular wrestler. Right, and every time I got in a ring with Jumbo, I never had an issue, man. Right, he's my six, about 275, right up to the press slam, easy, never screwed up the high spot. Every time he got in the ring with Hawk, he screwed up the high spot.
1: Was he nervous he or something? He
2: about Hawk. And he thought Hawk was, like, not a hot head, or it was a weak leg, or something, but there was something there. He always messed up Hawk. Damn it. So finally, after four weeks of this, Hawk says, that's it. So the Japanese guy went back to the locker room real quick. Hawk comes back to the locker room. He's freaking hot now. And then all of a sudden, you know, in Japan, it's really disrespectful if you break anything. Oh, yeah. And we're in this one school gymnasium, and a hawk kicks open the locker room door, which is all black, chatters the door, looks right at books through, and says, Hey, what's in here, you noodle-sucking bastard? I know you understand what I'm saying.
1: Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> <amazing>. You noodle-sucking bastard. No, <laughs> so, he just did not call him a noodle-sucking bastard. <laughs> There's a locker full of Japanese guys in here. Right. That all understand English. So you basically just call them all little sucking bastards. Yeah. He says, and Hawk told him, you mess up one more high spot, you and I are going to be thrown down. you understand me? And turn around and walk out. bro.
1: Right.
2: Jumbo never threw up a high spot after that.
1: There you go. There you go. Yes. Well,
2: you know, it's, 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 it's Something if you mess up one time, you mess up two times. Yeah, well, you mess up ten times. Yeah, come on, right? And it's the same. It's the same match. You're, you're 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 trying to do something. You know what I
1: mean? And you're making us all look stupid. Yeah, well, and there's a little bit of that
2: there because I mean, let's face it. Whether we were American or Japanese, we were the most over in Japan. Of the time.
1: Exactly.
2: So, I mean, you know, and that's what we that's what we uh, we first experimented with the Tuesday. I I I told Hawk. I said, Hey, I got an idea for a finish.
1: Had the shoulders. Had the shoulders flip what over backwards. My
2: shoulders. You close by and you flip flop and does a belly flop. Yes. You know, think your people go for it. I said they don't have a choice.
1: Yes. They had no choice. At three. At three. Yeah, at so three fifty or whatever I, I, you were.
2: My thought process was, well, if the Japanese voice lose, the American should hang. Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: Yeah, of course you. Uh, you mentioned uh, uh, the NWA and Jim Crockett. You know, one of the matches uh, fans still talk about to this day is the uh, the scalpel match you had against the uh, the Midnight Express, which I think was at, if I'm not mistaken, I could be. I hope I'm right on this. I think it was Star k '86, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's where it was. And I uh, it
2: was in the Omni. In the Omni,
0: yes. And one of the and I've heard uh, and I, and I've heard um, you know, Jim Cornette from time to time talk about it, but I was always curious. How did the idea for this match come about, the scaffold match?
2: Well, that was one of Dusty's brains ideas. You know, I think I think the first guys to do a scaffold that I knew of were the Rock Roll Express of the where it's somewhere in Tennessee. And right. it wasn't done for years, and Dusty had an idea to do them. And originally it was supposed to be against the Powers of Pain. You know, we had a big blow-off with the Powers of Pain, and, you know, we did the back press contest and all that stuff, and it was supposed to be a blow-off. And then Warlord and Barbarian came to me and they asked me, said, hey, I am you know, I remember Warlord said to a 19 years old he said, hey, we're really not comfortable will fall off that scaffold. And I, said, <laughs> I said, I'll tell you what, I'm not falling off that scaffold, so if I were you guys, I said, I would leave. Yeah. I told them. I yeah. said, go to New York. Yeah, leave. I, they, they said, if you have an opportunity, we called them. I said, man, leave. Brother, I said, you guys will fall off your knees. You're too heavy. You know, you hip, fall out your knees, your career will be done. So they left, and then uh, the I Express got thrown in there with us. How tall was that
1: scaffold? How tall was it, Joe?
2: Well, that thing was 30 feet above the ring. Wow. Above the
1: uh, ring. I'm telling you, it was, check this out. I mean, you were you scared? Rain. Let's be honest. Were you scared a little bit? I mean, you had to be. Well, we had just come back from Japan, and the last
2: match we had on there, Hawk took a bad backdrop and broke his tibia.
1: God dang. Now you're on a two scaffold. Days
2: greater, two days later, we had to go up on a scaffold. <laughs> The whole cast off, I cut the cast off in the locker room. Hawk and I always had the mentality, man. It's not like when a guy gets hurt today and he takes three months off. It was a show-month-go-on mentality. So I had got some, I bought some bought my brother suitors. I cut that cast off in the locker room. I took athletic injuries in college, you know, sports mess. Oh, yeah. I taped up his ankle and his leg. And I said, Hawk, how's He was okay. And he lifts up that ladder, and we went to the scaffold match. He did it with a broken leg.
1: Unbelievable.
2: It uh, it, it was the scariest thing because it wasn't our crew, part of the NWA crew that put it up. It was a union crew for the building because Georgia's a a union state, and their crew had to put it up. So they didn't tighten the cables right, and brother, it was swaying like two feet to two feet side by side. I told Dennis and Bobby, I said, do not go too far one way or the other. We all gotta
1: be. Or we're all, or we're all gonna be 30 feet down.
2: <laughs> oh, brother.
1: And, de- and, and de- dead. And
2: the, fun- the funniest part of though, man, and I laugh my ass off to this day, and Cornette doesn't laugh very much, but I laugh. <laughs> when Hillary kicks Cornette off that scaffold, and he backs into me, and then he gets on his hands and knees, and he go crawls, and you know, he, I held him until he grabbed the rungs underneath the ladder, because to to it's to a fireman scaffold. It sure. had all these little half-circle little metal pieces that's stuck up, so if you if you're a fireman and it gets wet, your boots would stick to it and not slide off. So you can imagine when your skin fell on it. But not and if you not skin. if you got slammed on it. it right? <laughs> so Jim Cornette's hanging from the bottom, and I got him, and I'm looking down. At the time, it's, it's Big Bubba Rodgers, you know, boss man. I'm looking down at Bubba. Oh yeah, Bubba. I say, are you ready? And you know with that with that high voice ahead, you know. you I'm good. That's it. That's it. I'm looking at him, you know, you dressed up like, you know, like, uh, in that black hat on and you sunglasses, you know, and everything else. And the thing with Bubba and Hawk was, let's just say, they like to go out in the parking lot and get themselves right before the match. Yes. And one of not a secret that they're, wasn't a the secret they like to go out and get stoned out of their freaking board then go work,
1: right? Right. So you can
2: imagine him now, now he's high, and he's got sunglasses on. And Cornette's up there at 30 feet. Well, your depth perception, being stone and the glasses, is way off.
1: Way off.
2: Oh, brother, I yelled down to him. I said, man, you ready? And he's got his arms out and says, yeah, I'm ready. So I told Jimmy Cornette. I said, okay, bro, he's ready. Let go. And Jimmy lets go. He lands three feet away from Bubba. <laughs> oh, and Jimmy Cornette. He, he, you know, he, he was like ten pounds of shit shoved in a five pound sack. Anyway, right? Oh yeah. I that a fishing ring. He had to bounce fifteen feet in the
1: air. Oh my god! Really? And he started screaming. immediately. Did you think you? Did you think you? Did you think he Did hurt him? <laughs> he's always he's always talking about his I had knees. My head,
2: my, hand, my head in my hand, I was laughing so hard I pulled myself <laughs>
1: up on the scaffold. Love it. Did you think he was hurt?
2: Oh, I knew he was hurt. Bank, Bubba carried him out like a baby, like True. literally cradled him and carried him out of the race. <laughs> he couldn't
1: walk. Oh my God, that's fuck. That's crazy. Um, that's fuck. I knew this kind match had to be up.
2: Shit, Oof. Man, I laughed so hard. And I, I apologize. I don't mean to laugh Jimmy, but it looks funny as shit for where I was. It does,
1: but I do. I do want to take this minute to say that as a you know as a teenager, I remember any time I heard which. Also, I want to ask: Was it Mike's idea or yours for the water rush? Who was was that? Whose idea was that to get that going?
2: You know, uh, we were doing promos one day, and at the end of the promo, I said, "Hawk, what's it gonna feel like after we kick their teeth down their throat?" And you know, he just would go, "Oh, animal, oh, water rush!" You know, <laughs> and he did that. Oh, yeah, and he did that one day. It worked. And then, and then we did a, a, uh, a deal in the barbershop with Beefcake one time, and he had a brush in his hand. And we had the end of the segment, he goes, what a brush.
1: <laughs> what a brush. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the phrase started getting over. So one day, literally, it was live TV, doing raw. that says, hey. You do that old "What a Rush" live before we plug it in right here before your music, and they told the guy who told that Kevin Dunn in the truck, "I'm going to What a Rush.' and just kick our music in right afterwards. I'll come on the bike." and
1: went,
2: "What a Rush!" <laughs> you the know, music started
1: playing. When you heard yeah, that, when you heard that it, come on,
2: on with us forever.
1: Yes, and when you heard that come on, there was no doubt there were two boys that are getting ready to get the fuck beat out of them, and I it, loved it. it. it it's, it's what we live for, for Saturday and Sunday night it, TV this, to this, see y'all come out.
2: You gotta, you know, for me, it's kind of crazy. This year marks the 35th year that Hawk and I were tag-teaming
1: together. 35th. 35th, bro. Wow, brother. I
2: still get requested and a demand. To go out almost every weekend to do an autograph signings somewhere, which is to me with the fans, that's the biggest compliment to me. Is that they any want to see my ass come into these freaking appearances. You know what I mean? Right. And it's just it's just crazy to me, man. It's, it's awesome. It's absolutely awesome.
1: But do, the reason reason it's awesome is because you are you are a road warrior animal, and you are. The best, like I said, if not if not one of, we, it's definitely the top two, and and that's just because I'm I'm friends with all you guys, but you know yeah at the same time man I mean it's just you know the Road Warriors were just something special, different the shoulder pads the whole nine yards, it just it just to me overall it just was more it was more impactful more scary as a kid to see y'all coming out. Knowing, you know, just everything that y'all did and brought just, just, it just means a lot to me. You came on the the podcast today and share a few stories. And um, I just really, really appreciate you taking your time out. But one last question I want to ask is in the day of uh, you and, you know, Ultimate Warrior and Akita and Animal and I mean, all you guys traveling together, I mean, do you have. At least one crazy story that's, that's a good one. Oh, brother,
2: I'll give you a good
1: one. Uh, remember when the powder GHB was real big?
0: Yes,
2: okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> anybody out there listening, that's not something you want to mess around with, because it's pretty dangerous. But a bunch of those you know, all we got to hear is hey, it releases your uh, your uh, dopamine and your your growth hormone level, so it's good for your attention so. So here we are, we're on a plane, right? We're all in first class, and all the is mixing up some of that powdered GHB in his water, and he's drinking it. He goes, I said, what are you doing, Jim? He goes, well, I'll sleep for two hours. I'll wake up when he's fine. And Hawk, Hawk always would say, that powdered shit doesn't do anything to me. That GHB is worthless. And Warrior goes, really? He goes, yeah. You yeah. know, Hawk goes, mix me up a glass. Well, T- take,
1: the take one warrior. of these scoops.
2: <laughs> oh, brother. The Warrior put twice the amount of GHB.
1: Oh, oh no.
2: Oh, brother. Oh. Hogg drinks that GHB. And about two minutes later, he goes, "James, hey, I told you that stuff do shit to me. Before he get the worst shit out of his mouth, bam, he was out. And he was the, out like a rock. And I'm guessing a
1: wheelchair took him off the plane.
2: Oh, brother. So we get him off the plane, right, and he's doing the goose step like Baron Von Raschie. Yes. The, ball, right? he's <laughs> the
1: doing, old step. doing the
2: big German goose steps because he can't walk. Yeah, so of Na- Nash calls it the G- Nash calls it the, call the John Wayne talk. Tram from the gate to the baggage claim. Right. Okay. So we get ready to get on the tram and hop Put the arms out, and Said stop. What do you mean stop? He goes motion sickness. I said bro, you can't sit here. You gotta go over to the baggage claim. There's no other way of getting there. There's no underground tunnel. There's nowhere else you can go. You only can go by those by those tram.
1: Right. The so
2: hawk gets on. Hawk is on there with us, right? It's, it's hawk and Henning, myself, warrior, and British bulldog, right? We're on right. the tram together. Well, hawk jumps up on the tram. He can't stand. He jumps up on the deal, sitting but sitting facing up and not sitting facing forward. And as the sergeant takes off a jerks, we all look at hawk and I get bulldogged enough that said, whoa, "Whoa, watch this shit!" And hawk's covering his mouth and he's almost freaking thrown up. Right. And you see, see him doing the dry news and covering his mouth.
1: He's trying to, he's he's trying trying to, to s- keep swallowing. Away. He's trying to swallow. He
2: covers his mouth and plugs his nose. There was no fourth time. The fourth time when he went to go do it, two streams of green vial came out each nostril. Wow. wow bam, like 100 miles an hour. Hit the floor. We all jumped out of the way. It sprayed on some grandma and grandpa that was like 70 years old all over their shit all over their legs. Oh, my God.
1: Shoes, everything. I love it.
2: We were all dying laughing. And there wasn't oh nobody going to say anything. And then, and then, there, then there's Hawk. You know, he jumped down after we stopped. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> sir, man. He's trying to wipe it off, and all he's doing is wiping it in deeper. The there, yeah, all he's doing
1: is just rubbing it in deeper. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, and, and, and the stain was never going to come out. It was stomach acid and vile, and that oh, was great. Well, Joe, give us a, how do people how do,
1: how do people get in touch with you, Joe? If, uh, wouldn't you give us a plug where to where people that are listening can get in touch with you, or you know your website or your uh, I mean your Instagram, Facebook. I mean, do you want to plug anything? Or yeah, man, no, I got my uh, uh, my my regular Facebook, Joseph Marinitis and my, my
2: Instagram, and my Twitter is R W Animal. You know, you get a hold of me there at any time for bookings or appearances or. So Fantastic. You, my, uh, you graciously did my show the other day on my Water rush podcast. It's on the CCN network, so you go to waterhousepod.com, uh, you can contact me there, man. But, yeah, there's, there's a couple ways you can get a hold of me from booking. But usually if you instant to message me on my, my real name, my Joseph Lornais Facebook, which I'm about to really convert it over to a fan page. So I have two different Facebook deals that are packed up, so I have a little fan page with a limited members that way. You know, you got as many people want to join in as they as Yeah, because they cut them, you off so. at five, right? Um, yeah, man, but it, it's cool. I, I, you know, I like do, like you, Buzz, I like to do training seminars, and speak engagements and a yes. you know, like high school or college football team, you know, just give them a little up for the Absolutely, or, dude. I love that kind of stuff. see the fans all around the
1: country. Absolutely. But again, man, uh, I mean, it's just, words don't even explain to me having, you know, one half of the Road Warriors on, on our podcast. So, Again, we thank you so much and just uh man, let's give it a round of applause. Thank you,
2: thank you for me
1: out, And man. and for real, man, uh, you know, you're you look fantastic. I love seeing you, but I do got one last question and it's quick. Please just kinda tell people what I went through with my physical the other day.
2: Oh brother. I thought Bump was going out for the Olympic Olympics. <laughs> he, was doing, he was doing up, down, chip-ups, sit-ups, push-ups, everything. This guy was trying to get his heart rate to go through the roof. Remember, they sent you and in to calm me down, was, down, right? I never see anything like it in the state of Missouri. In St. Louis, this guy, you know, he did an event for Dynamo Pro Wrestling. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, oh, Bob, I didn't tell you but the whole story with the Dynamo Pro Wrestling, right? Check this out. That guy for Dynamo Pro Wrestling makes you through you, myself, and Glacier under the bus. How? The night after the show, he didn't pay anybody right away. He says, "Oh no, man, I had to pay for Buff and Glacier and Animal. There's no money left over to pay you back."
1: He told me that straight up about an hour before the end, and I even said, "Do we need to settle up right now?" Because you told me you'd already been paid, and I said, "Do we need to settle well, now? Are we good?" And he came in and he asked me for forty dollars for that license thing you saw me go through. Oh my god. I, I pa- and I paid him forty dollars.
2: Wow. It was
1: easier to get he forty. Did,
2: he did finally pay, you know, uh Jade Roller called me how many pay 10 like three or four days later paid him this fifty dollars or whatever it was. But god, man. Dang. Like, throw the on the like it's our fault. Listen, you know about the show for a year, almost two years, some people say. Your sponsor should have been in line, you shouldn't even have to worry about anybody's payout.
1: No. And if there'd been a physical or something, there should have been something told. I was told I had to do those tests, send them in. Was told I was gonna get paid back for it. When he asked me for the forty, I forgot to get my eighty that he owed me for doing the test so quick, and so I gave him forty. So really, I'm minus one twenty now, <laughs> and got tortured. Well, hey, I, I, I'm not. I'm not all my. I do all my certain picture money, or.
2: I bet I, that's I, right, because all you yours know, came I, with it. I said, bro, what about uh, the money I gave you from a t-shirt, shirts and pictures? That was all my T-shirts and all my pictures that I gave you. That could have paid off some of the guys you had there on the show. Hell, hell yeah, but it could. In all honesty, all honesty, man, you had about fifteen guys on a show that never worked before They should never been on the show.
1: Oh, dude, if, if you to watch the battle royal thing, I watched, you would have you would slit your wrist. It was a bunch of guys well, that did well, know well, what, well, they, knew well, what I, they were doing. They do a thousand chops.
2: I'm right now, for any, and I'm using those terms lightly, any idiots out there that want to dress up like freaking Obi-Wan Kenobi, yeah. a Jedi knight, and then do a, a Jedi mind trick, choke slam to somebody without touching them, I'm going to hit the ring and beat the crap out of both of you. Yes. <laughs> Yes, and that's how it was. I'm going, to, I'm going to beat the crap out of the guy doing it, and I'm going to beat the crap out of the guy kicking the puck. Absolutely. stupid in this day and age to believe someone could use a mind trick and make you think a trickster without nobody touching you? Can, you imagine,
1: really can, really can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can you imagine there being a Facebook page back in our day? We'd have got beat up and we got to the locker room. Brother, you know, you went minute to a
2: lot, If i had known that, I would go back.
0: My house, for <laughs> I remember seeing, I remember I saw a buddy of mine showed me a poster for an indie show and it was a tag team match and it was a guy and an invisible man against another guy and, and an invisible man. And I'm like, is, did they really just book this shit? And apparently someone showed, someone told me, I didn't, I, I, there's no video of this or if there is, I haven't found it. But Lily, at one an point, invisible
1: guy against an invisible
0: guy. Yeah, well, it was, it was it was a guy and an invisible partner against another wrestler and an invisible partner. So the wrestlers would fight each other. at one point, an invisible guy would tag so out. So they act
1: like two invisible guys were wrestling
0: and stuff. But at one point, they did. But then another oh, time, there was a guy. There would be a guy in a guy. ring with an invisible man taking bumps for a wrestler who isn't there. Oh, it's the saddest my God. thing I ever heard. I
2: have well, not well, seen. I wonder what I wonder what would have happened if both invisible guys had gotten a ring.
0: <laughs> I think at one point Somebody told me they did And they just Like I don't know what happened But it's something At one point I think the invisible sure. guys God, you.
1: That's ridiculous
2: This is This is something here And I think what Hulk Hawk and I We never insulted The integrity Of the wrestling fan
0: No No And
2: no. the intelligence Of a no. wrestling fan Never We kept it real And that's what I think And Bob You Everybody down at WCW and You were there Everybody kept it real
1: Real Trade the up. name
2: on the marquee is wrestling. 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 Not Star Wars. And not The Invisible Man. You're not it's
1: promos. You know, not promos. It was wrestling on the marquee, brother.
2: Yeah, man. And, and listen, it, even as far out as some of the crap we see now on TV with wrestling, that is a little bit too much. Oh, yeah, it is. That is. That that, that and the one high spot, that one shit ball the tampon out and throw it or it with it, that's about as far as you can go in wrestling.
1: I mean, like the Ricochet guy that does all the the same move over and over and over you're telling me about. Yeah. What was the move? Oh, yeah.
2: Bro, sure. there's... You know, I, it's like I was talking to you about the other day. I said, is yes. a great athlete, but there's got to be
1: another movie done does other than a flight That's
2: what Say it, but Bo- Say it, boots. Hold on. We'll do it but but... If you wait two matches later, you'll see another brother doing the same thing. I oh, know. And I'm saying... Thank I'm you. I'm saying, what in the hell? It's the same match, same <laughs> moves. Why are you doing that? You, listen, you go through wrestling camp and you learn about 30 different freaking moves, but you're used to.
0: Yes. <laughs> Animal, you have no idea how happy I am to hear you say that because I get... So much heat on this show and another show that I do because I have not been. I've said the same thing about Ricochet over and over again. It's that I don't see any ground game from him. He ne- he just jumps around and you know. I, and I understand high flying moves and everything, but like every, it's like almost every movie does. It's like there's no fight, there's no resistance. It's like yeah. every movie does requires the guy to sit there and cooperate, and it's like I'm watching a circus show, and I get heat from people for saying that. So the fact that you just said all what you just said makes me feel better. It's like, all right, there's a legend who's validating what I'm saying because everyone thinks I'm crazy. Brother, listen,
2: I I, I sit there and I watch him back, and I told Buff this the other day. It's not that he's not talented. He's talented as hell. But you have to sell a move according to what the move is and, and see who's doing the move to you. If you ever watch any of Ricochet's matches, anytime he gets hit with something or takes a big move, it's like someone knocked him out. The guys go across, they get real big out of his head, and he gets like expressionless. I know. When ever have you ever got smacked in the face and been expressionless?
1: And yeah, there's no what expression. When have you ever got punched in the teeth and been expressionless? Right. When
2: have you ever got kicked in the nuts and been expressionless? <laughs> no.
1: There's going to be an, an expression. An
2: expression for everything that's done to you.
1: Ridiculous. Ridiculous.
2: And and, and, and usually, it's the freaking idiots at home. I call them keyboard warriors.
1: uh, (laughs) I like that. I like that.
2: But they've never taken a bump in their life critiquing and saying, oh, this looks great. Or he's never taking a bump.
1: I'm going to steal that from you. Keyboard warriors. And there's a bunch of them, brother. There's a bunch out there.
2: (laughs) Oh, no. Keyboard warriors. Everybody's
1: a tough guy behind the keyboard. Everybody's so <laughs> bad behind that computer, AJ. They I there know are some my badasses. The address it's a big
2: if a keyboard warrior or a road
1: warrior. you right now. Yeah. yeah, Conrad and Bischoff are going through that 83 week thing now, and you know me I'm on the episodes, and they're just drilling me. And Luger are having damn good matches, you know, and picking it apart. And he's almost got Eric agreeing with him, but Eric's going. Well, come on now, Babel's a good wrestler, and Conrad Thompson just keeps on fucking drilling me, and I said, motherfucker, I said, if you were on the side of the road, on fire, and I had to piss to put you fucking out, I wouldn't piss on you. <laughs> <laughs> bro, how many bumps did Conrad kind take of taken in this business? Zero. That's what I said. You never climbed your fat ass in the ring, motherfucker. I said, and you never done anything I've ever done, so get off my fucking back, you fat ass piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, bro. I heard, hey, man.
2: I, heard, I, heard, I said, and I was there
1: all 83 weeks. Every fucking week, every 83 of them, motherfucker. All 83, I was there.
2: Yeah. But well, again, you again. You're weekend, are you? Huh? You're not doing StarCast in Chicago,
1: are you? No, no, no. I'm, I'm doing, because um, I don't have, I'm out with those guys, but I'm doing I'm doing a thing out in El Paso in Nashville, Carl's, Carl's Bag, New Mexico. It's just a big um, uh, Harley-Davidson kind of get-up, and uh, so I'm out there for all three days, and uh, just um just going out trying to help this saloon. It's like a little saloon during, uh, you know, with, with bikes everywhere, and they got me a bike to ride a good one, and, and so I'm pretty excited to go out there and do that, and just have kind of a little vacation too over the over the Labor Day weekend here.
2: Well, bro, I was really, I was down there with you. I'm not going. I'm not going to start for all out
1: either this weekend. And, and, hey, hey Dragon Dragon crazy. Con
2: Dragon Con this, this weekend too. This is sometimes I wonder how big their eagles are getting. Right. Last time the last time I did all in, I rode a motorcycle out at the beginning of the show in Chicago. Right. I'm not saying it was just me, bro. But how can I help Chicago? The people went ape shit, went nuts. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a there's a, there's a resounding 15,000 hello D chant for about five minutes during the commercial break.
1: Sure.
2: I haven't even been talked to
1: about going to all out this weekend. I, in Chicago. Is that amazing? I mean, I haven't been bro, called. What but
2: then again, yeah. Well, yeah. First of all, I see no advertisement... On Facebook for any of the stars being there. Neither of us. i get an advertisement of who's going to be there. There's this star, this star, this star, this star, this star. I've seen nothing. I actually have to go to the all out site to see who's going to be there. But still, after you go there and they take out your flight, they take out your hotel. You gotta be a rock star to
1: make any money. Make God money. bless. They have to give you a table or not, and who knows if they do? I'm sure they do people, but I'm sure there are people they don't do. So,
0: you know, I mean, if they give you, you know, if they don't give you a table, fuck your two grand in. Yeah. You know, going into it. And I've seen them advertise matches for it, but I they don't tell you like where on pay per view you can watch it. Like I remember when they did Double or Nothing. The only advertisement I saw was for Fight TV. I have the Fight TV app because we do, Buff and I have done stuff for Fight TV. So I go in there, and next thing I know, they're telling me it's not available in your area. So I messaged, I went on their Facebook page and asked them, why would you limit the viewing of your pay per view? And I even said, I'm not a mark. I'm just asking a serious question as a customer. And they said, it was only available in Canada on Fight TV. You had to go to like Bleacher Report if you wanted to watch it in the States. And I'm like, you made no advertisement for Bleacher Report that I saw, so Oh who's gonna do that? Exactly Exactly <laughs> so
1: fucking stupid. I'm certainly not doing the bleacher report That. Stupid. I've never, I just say, it, I've never heard of the Bleacher Report. Is it like another podcast or it's something? Another, or?
0: It's another Mark. Smart sheet, smart dirt sheet yeah. kind of thing? Yeah, they, they cover all sports, but they also have wrestling in their stuff. Right, shoes. and I'm sure they just drill the fucking of all of us, right? <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 they they grade some of the pay-per-view matches. I'm sure. They they do live coverage, and they'll give yeah, it like an A, there, B, or C. that again.
2: You got a bunch of guys grading matches that have never been in the, the ring. In the ring <laughs> how are you going to grade a match? How can they tell us what's good and bad? Been in the ring, been in that main event, to know
1: what's going on. How can they say what's good and bad when they've never been in a ring in front of a hundred thousand plus and got to pull it off, brother? Never, you know, right, here's never. What, here's
2: what happens, Buff. They get on there they get on the week report and they make it. Out of 50 people, you may get five people that comment and say, Oh, yeah, you're right, great and 40, good job. Then they believe in themselves, they think they're a shit.
1: Oh, and God. You're
2: not the shit unless you've been in the middle of the shit.
1: Yes, yes. You know? And and by God, and I, you. And
2: I'm not, listen, are there some people out there that probably could be great wrestlers that haven't got the opportunity? Absolutely. There's a great, lot of great kidney wrestlers out there. That if they would have had a break one way or the other, probably could have been top stars. Sure, so absolutely. Want to have never worked out, never gotten in the ring—that give me their opinion, that really drive me nuts. That do not know what it's like or how hard it is to do anything. Yeah, at
1: least have a resume before you walk up to Road Warther, animal, and try to give him some advice. At least have some a resume of some sort, brother. Well, I'll, I'll never forget one time. I forget. Uh, who it was? Who was the guy that used
2: to drag? Uh, he dressed in a purple uh, unitard and he was for WWE.
1: Simon, remember
2: Simon? Yes,
1: Simon Dean. Yeah. Okay, Simon Dean.
2: Okay. Well, Simon, one time we were we were on a, uh, a tour in uh, the UK. It was me and Bradshaw and Taker and a bunch of guys, and, um, and Piper was there. And Simon literally stopped Roddy Piper. Now Roddy Piper of all people trying to tell Roddy Piper how to do an interview.
1: Oh my what? god.
2: Oh yeah, oh Bradshaw god. and I looked at each other, I said, Did he just freaking tell Piper, hey, I think we should do the interview this way? I said, Did I hear that right? And Bradshaw goes, That son of a bitch. <laughs> and Bradshaw was <and laughs> the old country boy, when Simon <laughs> Dean went to when he went to uh, into the ring, all his shit got put in the shower and got turned on. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm surprised there wasn't something floating yeah, around in there. You
2: to wear that purple jumpsuit for two days until the shit right
1: out. Well, I'm a little surprised there wasn't something floating around in that water.
2: <laughs> bro, I'm telling you, you know. This it, is a, a different time, a bro. Some guys in this business that have no experience whatsoever trying to tell a freaking multi-Hall of Famer legend what to do. Yeah,
1: it's just. You don't, yep. get, you
2: don't get to be that thats by being some Johnny come lately and not doing the rest
1: of this. You said it perfect with me on your podcast, and that stay in your lane. Yeah, you've got, Every you've got a lane. You've got a lane, and it's run over and kick everybody's ass. Lane of staying, you
2: stay in your lane, and if your ship's meant to get over, it's going to get over. And
1: if it don't, when and you, get you get try to switch lanes, you're, you're making a mistake,
2: your lane, bro. You're ready for bumpy roads. You get outside your
1: lane. You're right. You know, you
2: know, you go outside, you're on the highway, and you got the little ruts on the highway, and it
1: yeah. starts going. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. be a
2: road if you
1: your lane. Well, brother, we've kept you plenty of time, and we thank you so, so much again, Joe. I mean, really, I love you, and um, I just want you to know, man, that you know, no matter what, you got to realize that. I mean, in the history of time, I mean, the road wars will be remembered forever. And that's something to be proud of. And I just want to tell you, we're proud to have you on our show. So, thank you. Thank you again so much, man. Really, thanks. Thanks again for, for
0: being yeah, on our show, and, man. And, thank you. Guys, I appreciate it. Yeah, and, and I... a <laughs> 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 I love it. Yeah, and I, and I just want to say real quick before you go, um, I, that it was an honor to get a chance to uh, to talk to you and really uh, pick your brain on wrestling and, every, and, 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 and on your career. Because I remember... When when you got inducted to the Hall of Fame, I remember I remember seeing you and Paul Ellering on the stage, and you had the the Hawk action figure up there, and it was surreal because I remember I was at the Phillips Arena the night that you guys got inducted, and because it was here in Atlanta. And to this day, it's the only Hall of Fame ceremony I've ever attended in person, and it was so surreal to hear you guys talk about your career and seeing you know WWE really give you guys the respect that you guys deserved as being. You know, as I said, our you know, if one of the best, if not the best, uh tag team of all time. And to, to get a chance to talk to you was a huge honor. And um I thank you so much for joining us. Well, I
2: appreciate it, man. Uh was stuff with us, man, where we started where we started our career and fitting done,
1: but where we ended it. That's it, man. Well, Joe, thank you so much again, brother. You have a great day and just uh thank you so much, brother.
0: All right, guys.
1: Peace. Love Peace. you, bro. Love Take it. care.
0: All right, and that ladies and gentlemen was The one and only Road Warrior Animal. And I had a blast uh, talking with him, uh, even though, granted, um, Animal and Buff did uh, most of the talking, because um, usually on the Buff and Booch cast, uh, you know, Buff would do the majority of the talking, and then every now and then he would throw it to me. ...for a question and the reason we structured it that way was because I knew most of the people that were tuning in were going to be tuning in mostly to hear Buff and Animal. Not a lot of them really wanted to hear from me. Even though uh, in the wrestling business I know what I'm talking about. I have great questions to ask and you know I I have a lot of respect from people in the business as a result of all these things. I also was very aware of the fans and what they would want and what they were listening to. So I, I had my finger on the pulse with the audience that's why i kind of jumped in every now and then but my favorite part of course was towards the end when Animal and I started talking about Ricochet, mostly because, as I mentioned before on in the interview, I have had a lot of things to say about Ricochet, and I get a lot of shit from people for saying it. It felt great to have a legend, an icon, a Hall of Famer in the business validate that, and then, of course, the whole thing about the Bleacher Report and how disorganized AEW has been with uh, the showing of their pay-per-views, I thought was very, very well done. I do think it's bullshit that they don't allow Americans to watch on fight tv especially since that's now a go-to place for a majority of wrestling um you know pay-per-views and moments outside of wwe also uh, i love the fact that you know road warrior animal pulled no punches and gave great advice and was very very knowledgeable and uh, part of the reason uh that i put this interview up um on the Booch cast was to, um, you know, show people this great interview. Ever since the Buff and Booch cast got taken down, a lot of people have been asking for, you know, episodes and stuff. So I wanted to put that back up uh, for that. But also, I wanted to commemorate the fact that Road Warrior Animal had, you know, passed away uh, earlier last year in 2020, and obviously it was um, very devastating uh, the way he had passed. He had suffered um, a heart attack um, shortly after he and his wife went on a vacation wedding anniversary. Uh, They basically went on vacation for their uh, wedding anniversary, and uh, shortly after that was when he um, sadly – Suffered a heart attack and uh, died. It was uh, ten days after his 60th birthday on September twenty second, 2020, and obviously, um, even though it's now January 2021, uh, we still want I still want to give uh, thoughts and prayers and well wishes, um, to um Road Warrior Animals' uh, family, aka Joe Laurinaitis. His family. um, I want to send my condolences to them. And I think I can speak for the entire. uh, Boochcast team. um, When I say that. Because everybody here on the Boochcast. uh, Loved, admired, and respected. uh, Road Warrior Animal. And. There was also a another reason why I have chosen to put this up on SoundCloud, and that is also to, um, and I kind of hate to say this after I just talked about him passing away, because I know this sounds really, really uh, messed up, but this, at the same time, it is a, I'll call this a shameful plug. Usually I say it's a shameless plug, but there is a little bit of shame attached to this plug, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. Um, cuz professionally I have to. Uh we're uh, obviously on the Boochcast, we're doing a Dark Side of the Ring on our YouTube channel and one of the episodes is The Last Ride of the Road Warriors which that will be covered by myself, uh Elvis Delinsky and Desmond Dagenhart. We will be the ones uh covering Dark Side of the Ring and that episode because we're uh basically we're Putting ourselves in different groups and you know talking about dark side of the ring and you know covering the uh, the first uh, two seasons. I know there's a season three coming out soon as well, but one of the episodes was the last ride of the road warriors and it talked about the history of the road warriors. Obviously, Animal was still alive at the time to tell the story because obviously Hawk was not because Hawk passed away uh, many many years ago. So that was another reason. I wanted to put the Road Warrior Animal uh, episode up here was to let you guys know that we will be doing an episode of Dark Side of the Ring to commemorate the last ride of the Road Warriors. And myself, Elvis Delinsky, and Desmond Dagenhart will be doing that particular episode. And uh, we chose to do that episode because, uh, A, as I mentioned before, I'm got I uh, i a fan of the Road Warriors, and I got to interview Road Warrior Animal, so I wanted to be part of this. Elvis wants to be part of it because it was... Uh, The Road Warriors are his favorite tag team of all time. He grew up being a huge fan of the Road Warriors, so he definitely wants to be part of it. And Desmond also wants to be uh, in it because uh, he is a fan of the Road Warriors as well. So um, the three of us chose to do this particular episode, and that's exactly what we're going to do. So make sure you guys go to our YouTube channel, uh, hit the subscribe button, and ring the bell to be notified. Uh, The Boochcast YouTube channel, I mean, because... Eventually, uh, that episode will be up there. Um, Right now, we're in the process of... Recording all the episodes of Dark Side of the Ring because each one's going to be a separate video. Uh, basically, one episode will have the Last Ride of the Road Warriors, and then the other episode, and then and that'll be one whole video by itself. And then there'll be other videos with the other episodes on there. So there'll be about sixteen videos total. Uh, so basically, we're going to be recording and editing and putting them up on a uh, weekly basis. Um, we got at least one or two episodes already filmed right now. We're going to be working on the rest of them, but uh, coming soon to the Boochcast YouTube channel, we will be uh, giving our perspective on the last ride of the Road Warriors, talking about the episode, giving our thoughts on the Road Warriors, and overall having a great conversation there. So those were the main reasons I chose to put this interview up here, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Also, make sure you guys uh, follow the boochcast here on SoundCloud. Go to SoundCloud.com slash boochcast B-O-O-C-H-C-A-S-T. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash the Boochcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, the Boochcast YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash the boochcast for our D D and Wrestling Watch parties. Many more uh Great content coming soon as well. And, of course, support the show through Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash theboochcast. We have great rewards for great patrons for as little as $1 a month. That's it. Just $1 a month. You can help support this show, help keep it going, help us uh, you know, keep the show thriving and um, help us upgrade the equipment, help us bring in some big-name guests. You can also help us uh, you know, take care of the guys and gal that work very hard on this show. You know, If you feel like my co-hosts do a good job and deserve to get paid for it, Patreon's how you help make that happen. Also, if you got some extra spending cash and you want to take advantage of some of the other rewards we got on there... Feel free to take care of those and uh, support those as well. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Booch Cast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! While I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all. Goodbye, goodbye, so long, so long, farewell, farewell, adieu, adieu, be good, stay well, bye bye, keep warm, relax, and eat. take care, stay loose, adieu, love you, a la proche goodbye till when we meet again.